You're listening to Healing Through Tarot. I'm your host, Dr. Heather Hardison. Together, we're going to explore divination and help you start your own journey with tarot. I'll discuss my tarot journey and offer ways to use tarot for healing, self-development, and personal growth. So let's get started. Hi, listeners. Welcome to episode 29 of Healing Through Tarot. I'm your host, Dr. Heather Hardison. In this episode, I will be discussing my favorite Halloween decks and a few witchy-themed books that I've read recently that are perfect for this time of year. So grab a warm beverage and cozy up, because this episode is all about one of my favorite holidays, All Hallows Eve. By now, you probably know that autumn is absolutely my most favorite time of year. Once August hits, I'm ready for my fall decorations. This year, I actually waited until the second week of August, only because the Olympics were still on. But the autumn decor went up right after, and I was so ready for it this year. There is just something about autumn that makes me feel at home. My soul just craves this time of year. Now that the podcast has grown over the past year, thanks to all of you who are tuning in, I reached out to a few companies to ask if they were open to sending me some decks to review, and the response has been incredible. I've gotten decks on healing, shadow work, and seasonal decks. I am so excited for some of the episodes I have planned now, because I will be diving deeply into many of these decks and exploring their effectiveness as tools for healing and inner work. But first up, Since we're already in October, I'm exploring Halloween decks because it's right around the corner. Let's start with the Halloween tarot, because this one has been on my list the longest. The artist of the Halloween tarot is Kipling West, and I have to tell you, this deck is so freaking adorable. If you have kids, this deck is an absolute must for October readings. It would be so fun at a Halloween party for kids, and I can see this being a great first deck for young readers. It's so festive and carefree with a major trick-or-treating vibe. It reminds me of Halloween as a child, and I know I would have loved this deck had I been into divination at that age. Along with the Halloween Tarot deck, you get a 140-page illustrated book if you buy the deck and guidebook set. I have that linked in the show notes. In this guidebook, Karen Lee infuses the images with all the thrills of Halloween. The book provides upright and reverse meanings, and we are escorted by a black cat with glowing eyes on our entire tarot journey. You will find this cat in every single card in the deck. Karen pulls characters from not only Halloween-themed stories, but also the horror genre in general. Frankenstein and his bride are the Emperor and Empress cards, and Dracula appears in the Lover's card, climbing in the bedroom of a potential victim. The guidebook really adds to the festiveness of this deck. It showcases the historical associations with the card images and traditions of Halloween throughout history. They use pumpkins for pentacles, imps for wands, ghosts for cups, and bats for swords. I personally think the pumpkins are my favorite suit in this deck, but I have to say the ghosts are pretty cute as well. 
You could use this deck year-round if you want to keep this festive energy alive and well throughout all the seasons. Personally, I love to work with my decks seasonally, and so I change them out every three months. It keeps my tarot practice fresh and exciting. I don't grow tired of any of my decks this way, and I always find myself looking forward to the time when I can unpack some of my favorite decks. The card backs perfectly match the Halloween theme with two black cats on an orange and black background. Probably my favorite Halloween card backs I've seen. They actually remind me a little bit of the Everyday Witch Tarot backs with the cat, but I have to say that I much prefer the Halloween Tarot backs. These cards look perfect in my Halloween display. They have white edges, but you could easily edge them in orange to add in a little more Halloween energy. In this festive deck, you get witches, mummies, clowns, black cats, monsters, and all sorts of creatures. Some of my favorite cards are the tower as the spooky haunted house, the ace of pumpkins as a trick-or-treat vessel filled with delectable candies, the six of pumpkins with a witch handing out treats to the trick-or-treaters, and the magician pulling a rabbit out of his hat at a Halloween party. I'm using this deck for daily card pulls and simple three-card spreads every day this October. It's been a fun way to integrate this deck with my other Halloween decks. The Halloween Tarot is perfect for lighthearted readings. Not every spread we throw has to be so serious. Especially this time of year, it's just great to have a little treat for the day to keep things light and carefree. It takes me back to all those years of being a trick-or-treater and picking out the perfect costume and praying for my favorite candy as we went house to house for hours. Trick-or-treating used to be an all-night event when I was growing up in the 80s. We walked for hours and had overflowing pumpkins filled to the brim with all sorts of candy. We always planned a sleepover with friends afterwards, so we would watch scary movies after hours of trick-or-treating. And this deck brings back all those nostalgic memories for me, so it really is a walk down memory lane. And I bet this deck would give hours worth of entertainment for kids and teens. My favorite thing to do this month has been to put on my custom Halloween playlist and pull cards from the Halloween tarot as we get closer to All Hallows' Eve. I knew I would love this deck, but I ended up falling more in love with it than I realized I would. I think it's because this deck evokes so many emotional memories from childhood when we lived in easier times. So it's such a stress relief to just pull cards and take a walk down memory lane with these images that represent fun and frivolity. I don't have a lot of decks in my collection that evoke these types of feelings. And I think it is important to have a few decks that are a little more easygoing and lighthearted. This deck is perfect for inner child play. And that's exactly what it's felt like to me. As soon as I reach for the deck, my inner child wants to come bounding in to shuffle the cards and delight in the divinatory messages that these festive cards deliver. If you love Halloween, this is a must for your collection. The closest thing I have in my collection to this would be the Mons Tarot, which I also think is a good deck for kids and teens. And I've been reading with these two decks together to amplify that monster vibe. And what a great combination these two decks have made. So joyful and playful.
This deck is bound to bring you tons of merriment and enjoyment. I highly recommend the Halloween Tarot. A big thank you to U.S. Games for sending this deck to review. I absolutely love it. At the end of the episode, I will share with you a custom Halloween spread that I created inspired by my work with the Halloween Tarot. Now for my favorite Halloween deck this year. This one has been on my list from the very first time I laid eyes on it. The Terror Tarot by The Ghoulish Garb. This is a majors-only deck, so it just includes the 22 major arcana cards. The colors are so vivid and pop right off the cards. I was blown away by the quality of these cards. I bought this deck on Amazon, and when the cards arrived, I couldn't believe it wasn't an indie deck. It is very similar to the Dark Mansion Tarot in its artwork, vivid colors, and the cardstock quality. If this was a full 78 card deck, it would rival the Dark Mansion Tarot. And if you've been following me for long, you know how much I love the Dark Mansion. Sadly, I heard that they have no plans for making this a full deck but I'll still hold out hope because if they do, I think I might have a new favorite. This is my first majors only deck and boy, did I pick a great one to treat myself with for this Halloween. It has the perfect vibe for October. I actually like to pair this with my dark mansion tarot and they work perfectly together. This deck comes with a full color 82 page guidebook with thorough descriptions of the meaning and symbolism behind the choices for the major arcana images. There is so much detail in these cards that I really appreciated the explanation in the guidebook to make sure I caught all of their well-thought-out symbolism. The cards are a 350 GSM cardstock with soft-touch matte finish, matte black edges, and a rose petal feel, which I've only seen in India decks until now. These touches give it a luxurious feel. I love the thought that went into all of the choices for each card. They use a ghoulish court gesture, dancing dangerously close to the edge of a cliff for the full card. He is unaware that he is walking on the physical remains of those who have succumbed to the relentless wilderness before him. Those bones he is walking on serve as an example of where the path leads as his dog, who is wearing a matching jester outfit, tries to warn him. The magician is represented by Dr. Frankenstein, which I love because this representation shows both manifestation and manipulation. This is perfect because the character manipulates the natural laws of science and morality to bend the will of life and death to his own design. In this card, he is standing in his laboratory with this lifeless monster laying before him. Behind them are Tesla coils creating an electrical current in the shape of the infinity symbol. This represents the doctor's unlimited potential. On the shelves behind him are the four representations of the four elements. Here we have a bat symbolizing the element of air, a pumpkin for earth, a goblet for water, and a candle for fire. One of the magician's arms extends toward the heavens while the other directs our attention to the monster beneath him. This is to represent as above, so below, which is the relationship 
between the metaphysical realms. There is so much detail in these cards. The high priestess in this deck is Medusa. She sits on a throne made of the stony corpses of her fallen foes. Her tail curls into a crescent shape similar to the waxing crescent moon. This symbolizes her relation to the feminine natural cycles of the moon. By picking Medusa as the high priestess, the artists are emphasizing her power as a feminine figure within the major arcana. This also highlights the mystery of the high priestess. This is a very striking card. They have depicted Dracula as the emperor. He holds a goblet full of blood to represent the world and life over which he presides. He wears an Ankh necklace symbolizing his immortality. His looming castle is in the background symbolizing the strong foundation that support his decisions as a determined, ambitious, and stable leader. In the strength card, we have Severus next to Persephone, who gently has her hand on his leg. He is one of the most terrifying beings from Greek mythology, yet her calm demeanor suggests neither fear nor force. She is wearing a purple and red gown. Purple is associated with the third eye and is representative of insight and wisdom, while the red is a symbol for vitality. Through her inner strength and calm perseverance, she has found emotional equilibrium. The hermit card in this deck has to be my favorite. He stands alone in a boat as he glides across the green river. He is a guide to the afterlife. He has achieved spiritual mastery and acts as a guide to the higher knowledge on this plane. His right hand represents the conscious mind, and here he holds a glowing green lantern, symbolizing wisdom and forethought. His left hand represents the subconscious mind, and there he holds his staff, symbolizing inner strength. This is a sign of his power, authority, and dependability, which he uses to balance himself through the rough water of his journey even though the current may shift and change. In this image, we also see skeletal hands rising above the water, belonging to those who have been lost to the river that lies between the world of the living and the dead. As they reach for his assistance and guidance, the hermit remains unwavering on his journey. In this deck, Justice is the Grim Reaper, who is a symbol of death. This choice is perfect, because death comes to us all, and all scales will be balanced in the end. Justice, karma, and death cannot be escaped. It is universal law at play here. In one hand, he holds his scythe to express finality, and in his left hand, he holds an hourglass as a reminder that time is fleeting and precious and should not be wasted. This card depiction reminds us that there are consequences to all of our actions so we must choose them carefully because the reaper is watching and recording all. Balance will be restored in the end. In this version of the death card, the headless horseman rides in on a pale white horse holding his flaming jack-o'-lantern head. Ichabod Crane cowers before him pleading for mercy. A ghostly ship sails in the waters of the river beside death, escorting the dead to their eternal stopping place. The moon rises between the trees, symbolizing the cycle of life. 
Those are just some of my favorite depictions in this deck. I'm so glad I decided to treat myself with this deck, even though it's a majors-only deck. The stunning artwork and quality make this a perfect complement to the Dark Mansion Tarot, and it will be one that I really enjoy experimenting with. If you don't have any majors-only tarot decks, you may be wondering how to use this smaller deck. So let me give you some ideas. I use it as a deck for daily card pulls, an opening and closing message in spreads, and for a card pull to signify the major energies at play currently in a reading. I also use this for three card spreads, messages related to the major karmic energies at play, and shadow work. I love using just the majors to get an idea of the big picture of what's going on. If you love Halloween, this Terror Tarot is a must. I have links for all of the decks in the blog and the show notes for your convenience. U.S. Games also sent me the Deviant Moon Terror to review. I'm going to talk about it briefly here, since I think it's a great deck for Halloween, given its artwork. But I will be diving deeply into this deck for an upcoming Shadow Work episode, because this deck is perfect for that type of inner psychological work. The Deviant Moon Tarot is the brainchild of Patrick Valenza. This deck is so recognizable because it doesn't look like any other tarot deck out there. The artwork can be triggering and disturbing, so that might be off-putting at first, but that is what makes this deck so great for shadow work. Even if you think the artwork is difficult to look at or work with, you can probably still appreciate that it's absolutely stunning art. I think this artwork is effective at pushing readers to come face-to-face with deep inner shadows with his evocative imagery, and I feel lucky to have this deck to further explore those depths of the subconscious. It was so fascinating to learn that many of the images in this deck came from Patrick's dreams throughout his childhood. As a child, he drew the images that danced in his mind throughout the night. I will admit that I was hesitant to purchase this deck for years. Every time I saw photos of it on social media, I struggled with the dark imagery, but now that I have this deck in my hands to flip through up close, it really isn't that off-putting at all. It has really grown on me. I think the Deviant Moon Tarot is actually a great deck for this time of year as well. Several of the cards actually look like elaborate, colorful Halloween costumes, so working with this at Halloween felt so natural. This world that they live in is actually like a darker Halloween town if you're familiar with that fun Disney original movie that comes out every Halloween. The characters that he's created are so elaborate and strange that it almost feels like you're at a masquerade party, which also gives me spooky Halloween vibes. The images also remind me of the movie Eyes Wide Shut, so it does have that creepy factor. It's almost like the characters are hiding behind masks and are presented as something that they aren't. And once you dive deeper into the descriptions of the characters in this world, you pull back the layers and get a glimpse of their vulnerability and duality. There's darkness externally, but then there's light in many of his characters underneath, such as the star, temperance, and the sun. Those characters really stood out for me in his descriptions. The Deviant Moon Tarot deck comes with a 48-page booklet, but there's also a much larger hardcover book 
that looks more like a textbook that's close to 400 pages and delves into Patrick's journey with his artwork through his childhood. And here he gives us a peek into his inner world where we can see why he chose the images to draw for each card. And this gives us a deeper understanding of each image and of the world that he's created and invites us into for this confronting but healing inner work. Reading Patrick's descriptions of the images in this larger guidebook helped me connect with the energy of this deck and the characters of this world. I urge everyone to try and look past their initial feelings of this deck and give it a try. I recommend getting the hardback book detailing his journey of creating the deck from childhood because it helped me really connect with the cards. Once you read Patrick's backstory and views of these characters, it's hard to see any darkness in this deck. I think this deck has a lot to teach me. I can't wait to walk through it for the shadow work episode I have coming up. After a quick break, I will share more of my favorite Halloween decks and some witchy books that I recommend. My fictional divination book series, the Divining Sisters series, has launched. You can purchase book one in the series, The Call of the Cards, now on Amazon and Barnes and Noble in paperback or ebook. If you're a fan of divination, this is a great book series for you. Follow along as my main character, Alexandra Steele, discovers numerous past life connections to the craft of divination which sparks an awakening that leaves her life forever changed. As she reconnects to these deep mystical ties, she begins to learn about her destiny, which is revealed as she starts to encounter coven sisters and foes from previous incarnations. Dive into this powerful story of empowerment, healing, and sisterhood as Alexandra struggles to overcome past life fears and trauma to come into her own power with the help of our coven sisters. Grab a copy of The Call of the Cards and experience the magic of healing for yourself. And please leave a review wherever you purchase the book to help me reach new readers who can discover the divinatory world that we all love so much. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm excited to announce the launch of my second spread ebook. It's called Healing Through Tarot. Healing and Mental Health Spreads, Volume 1. This ebook contains 15 custom spreads centered around healing and mental health. Volume 1 contains a spread for family healing, wound healing, as well as self-care, blind spots, empowerment, how to step into your full potential, a way back to yourself spread, and much more. You can find this spread ebook on my website, healingthroughterror.com, for $12.99. A list of all 15 spreads is included on my website. You can use Oracle or Tarot cards with these spreads. This ebook is designed to help take you through the healing work needed to heal old wounds and step into brand new energy of empowerment. 
Together, we can heal through tarot. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now let's get back to my favorite Halloween decks. In addition to the two decks that U.S. Games sent over, Insight Editions Publishing also donated the Nightmare Before Christmas Tarot, and Quirk Books sent over the Zombie Tarot. A huge thank you to these companies for sending over these decks so that I could work with each of these and give an honest opinion on them. The Zombie Tarot by Quirk Books has a 50s horror vibe. The guidebook written by Stacy Graham adds an authentic, creepy energy with rustic antique coloring to really set the horror genre mood. This book is really well done with the color images of the cards and a short description for each card. It really has a 50s magazine aesthetic, which helps to transport you to another place in time. It's a surreal experience to read with this deck. Even before you start to read with this deck, you get into that energy because the card backs show a zombified fortune teller, which is the perfect choice here. The suits are wands, cups, swords, and hazards for pentacles, which is the only suit name they changed. We start off the zombie apocalypse with the full card, and it's clear he's completely oblivious to the zombie apocalypse that has already begun, but is obviously in the very early stages. I love this depiction of the fool because it shows just how naive these humans were before this crisis unfolded. Kind of like us in January 2020 before the COVID-19 pandemic was on any of our radars. We were blissfully living our normal lives without any inkling of what was looming in the distance. I've really connected to the apocalyptic vibe of this deck, having already lived 19 months in a global pandemic. It really does change how you view everything. These illustrations by Paul Keppel and Ralph Gironi really hit the mark for creepy, but campy. We see the magician in his lab trying to find a cure for the zombie situation. The death card shows the transformation from human to zombie, which was a clever idea. For the Hierophant, we see a news station providing breaking news to give you the knowledge you need to protect yourself during this emergency. The chariot is a hearse with a casket and a machine gun rifle on the top to take out massive amounts of zombies that chase after the humans. The tower is a high-rise apartment building that looks fine on the outside, but in the image they zoom in and give us a peek behind closed doors, and it shows its total chaos inside the building. Judgment is a nuke, and we have our thumb on the button. Oh boy, so here we see that there are major consequences for our decisions and actions here. The cup suit surprised me because it portrays the relationship between the humans and the zombies, which is quite a thought-provoking perspective, and something we don't often see in the zombie genre. For example, in the Two of Cups, we see a human with their plate sitting across from the table with a zombie and their plate of rotten food. So the cup suit is a softer suit 
and presents images we just aren't used to seeing with zombies. The Queen of Swords is probably my favorite card. It shows a granny ready to blast the zombies away with an automatic machine gun sitting in her double-wide trailer. And the King of Swords is an elderly hunter, also heavily armed and ready to fire. The sword suit in this deck doesn't pull any punches. The wand suit is very interesting because it looks like the zombies are actually winning in this suit. So we may be viewing this from the perspective of the zombies and how they see things playing out. Or maybe we're supposed to relate to the zombies and secretly root for them to win. I thought it was an interesting take either way. The Two of Wands shows that the zombie has two paths to take, and on each there are humans he can run down for dinner. Which path will he choose? And the Six of Wands shows the zombies are victorious in the newspaper headlines. It looks like the Hazard Suit shows how the humans are trying to use zombies in innovative ways, like having the zombies wait on them and clean their houses. The Six of Hazards has a homeowner luring a zombie to mow the lawn by dangling a stake on a fishing pole. This is one of my favorite suits here because the images really tickle me. I like the dark humor in this deck, and the vibe in the artwork is unlike any other deck out there. It's not as gory as I thought it would be. I actually pick up more humor than gore. I'd say that this would not be a good deck for a starter deck if you're trying to learn tarot, because it does stray away from the Rider weight system a good bit. But for a themed deck, or a seasonal deck, like for Halloween, I think this is perfect. I found this deck helpful during quarantine and lockdown because it helps me not take everything so seriously. If you love zombies, gore, and horror movies, and have a healthy sense of humor, check out this cheeky deck. I actually love it and can see using this for every Halloween going forward. While we are in this COVID-19 pandemic, this is the perfect time to bond with this deck, because while we aren't battling zombies, we certainly have many hazards we have to maneuver that can feel like we are in the end of times and stuck in an apocalypse. So I actually appreciate the voice and perspective of this deck in a whole new way. The Nightmare Before Christmas Tarot by Insight Editions Publishing is perfect for Halloween. I was so excited to receive this deck. I love Tim Burton movies, and one of the reasons I love the Dark Mansion Tarot so much is that I think the artwork is so reminiscent of Tim Burton's style. If you love this movie, you will love this deck. It is illustrated by the talented Abigail Larson, who also illustrated the gorgeous Darkwood Tarot, and the guidebook is written by Minerva Siegel. I had seen a few cards online, but those images didn't do this deck justice. It's so beautiful in person. The colors are gorgeous and really portray the energy of the film. It transports me right back to the early 90s. Jack Skeleton is, of course, the fool because he is the main character in the film that takes us on a journey from his hometown, Halloween Town, to Christmas Town. We also see Zero at his feet, just like the dog in the original Fool card. I adore the magician card as Big Witch from the movie. Personally, I love it when Dex changed the magician to a witch just like in the Green Witch Tarot. Sally is the High Priestess, which is appropriate since she's very intuitive. 
The emperor is naturally Santa Claus, or as Jack calls him in the film, Sandy Claus. With the chariot, we have Santa's sleigh being pulled by Jack's dog, Zero, one of the most iconic scenes from the film. We see Sally mixing a bubbling green potion from two bottles in the temperance card. The lovers are, of course, Jack and Sally, and Zero is the star in this deck, with his glowing orange jack-o'-lantern nose, just like Rudolph, giving us faith that he will safely guide the sleigh in the fog. Some of my favorite majors are the naughty and nice Christmas list as the judgment card, the wooded area in front of all the holiday trees that represent the magical portals that lead to the different holiday towns as the world card, and Jack holding a string of bright Christmas lights for the sun. The suits in this deck are candles for wands, presents for pentacles, potions for cups, and sewing needles for swords. In the Six of Swords, Sally is shown sewing herself back together, just as individuals in the traditional Six of Swords have pulled themselves together after a trauma to make the emotional journey from rough waters to smoother waters. The Eight of Swords also shows Sally stitching her arm back on. The message here is if you feel trapped or unraveling at the seams, you can free yourself from what was holding you back and stitch yourself back together. I found these two cards to be the most poetic in the deck. The colors in this deck are beautiful, and the film scenes from this Disney classic brings back nostalgic memories from many holidays watching this film between Halloween and Christmas every year. The miners in this deck are a bit pippish, but some do have scenes from the movie. I really wish they had made an effort to put film scenes on all the minor cards, though, because I'm not a fan of pip decks. But I do love that the Pentacles card often shows wrapped presents under the Christmas tree, which is a nice touch and works really well if you read with this deck at Christmas time, which I plan to do. And I just love that the page of presents is a child in bed waiting to fall asleep on the eve of Christmas. That's such a magical time of year. And Jack is dressed as Santa delivering presents as the king of presents. This beautiful tarot deck comes in a gorgeous box with a beautiful purple and black pattern on the card backs. So overall, this is an impressive presentation when you unbox this deck. The guidebook offers some custom theme spreads, including the Eureka spread, a peek behind Cyclops eyes, and blown to smithereens. So those are very cute and creative spreads. This deck is perfect for Halloween, but of course it can be used October through December due to its Christmas theme. I'm going to use it for Halloween and Christmas. Right now I only have the Winter Weight Tarot for a winter deck, and it's my only Christmas deck. So I really needed another holiday deck. And I'm so happy with this addition to my holiday-themed decks. If you are looking for a mysterious, mystical deck to use in October to ramp up the fortune teller's vibe, I recommend Madame Endora's Fortune Cards. This deck features artwork by Christine Philippac. This is a 48-card deck that has an old-world feel with a mix of Celtic and Egyptian vibes in the artwork. I think this is perfect for Halloween, 
because how many spooky films or supernatural shows have you watched showcasing a foreboding fortune teller reading filled with omens and predictions full of mysterious warnings? Personally, I love this vibe this time of year. This deck comes with a very easy to read instruction booklet of only 32 pages. Spreads with this deck feel like you're sitting down for a reading with a wise old sage. Questions that work with this deck would be those related to money matters, relationships, destiny, and words of warning. This is a great deck for teens and young readers because they're so easy to read with phrases and keywords right on the front of the card. You have the key, which tells you that locked doors can now be opened. The Sphinx warns you to choose your words carefully. The dagger gives you a heads up regarding conflict and danger up ahead. Winds of change foretells of an upcoming transition. The serpent advises to use a sly and subtle approach. And the hand of fate reveals that there are divining forces beyond your control that are intervening in your situation currently. Pull these cards out for a more mystical vibe this Halloween season. Of course, the Halloween Oracle and Season of the Witch Samhain Oracle are two of my favorite decks to use in October and in my Halloween reading on that day. The Halloween Oracle is a 36-card deck by Stacy Graham, and I look forward to getting this deck out every single year. I usually incorporate these beautiful Oracle cards in my Halloween display and use them for a daily draw every day in October. I love so many of these cards, like the Witch, Werewolf, the Veil, Cauldron, Vampire, and the Scrying card is my favorite. The Halloween Oracle is a must-have deck for Halloween, hands down. When I get this deck out, it gets me right in the mood for Halloween. The Seasons of the Witch Samhain Oracle has powerful witch energy and is my favorite oracle deck to work with for the week of Samhain. I love to work with this deck all autumn, but especially in October. I find witchy decks to be powerfully healing and empowering. I plan on reviewing this deck more in depth when I receive the Seasons of the Witch Yule Oracle that was just released in September. These decks are illustrated by Giada Rose, and the guidebooks are written by Lorraine Anderson and Juliette Diaz. I love that these witchy decks have a strong association to the natural world, elements, moon energy, magic, and tons of witchy energy, with cards like Dark Moon, Candle Magic, Divination, Elders, Nature Spirits, Potions and Spells, and All Hallows' Eve, just to name a few from the Samhain Oracle. There are a lot of autumn decks that I work with from August through November that I didn't mention today because I recorded an episode in fall of 2020 detailing those favorite autumn decks, including the Dark Mansion Tarot, the Everyday Witch Tarot and Oracle, Magic and Mediums Oracle, Oracle of Shadows and Light, the Green Witch Tarot, Earthly Souls and Spirits Oracle Deck, 
Raven's Prophecy Tarot, and Magical Spell Cards. Make sure to check out Episode 9 of Healing Through Tarot, where I walk you through all these favorites, and that episode is titled Favorite Autumn Decks and How I Work With Decks Seasonally with a Custom Autumn Spread. I put the link to that episode in the show notes for your convenience. I didn't want to repeat all of those deck reviews here, and I wanted a chance to just focus on the Halloween decks this time around. This time of year, I love to read witchy books to get more in the mood for Halloween, so I thought I would share a few recommendations of books that I've recently finished that fit this description. The Wicked Deep by Shay Earnshaw was the absolute perfect book for this time of year. If you're looking for a good novel for autumn, this is a good contender. I'll definitely read it again. The setting for this story is a cursed little town called Sparrow off the coast of Oregon. Three sisters were drowned for suspected witchcraft in the 1800s. And two centuries later, they still return yearly to this little town for a few weeks in the summer when they take over the bodies of three teenage girls and they lure young teenage boys into the harbor, pulling them under the water to their deaths to enact revenge for their tragic deaths. But this year, on the eve of the sisters' return, a boy named Bo Carter arrives in town unaware of the danger of the curse. Let me tell you, I was blown away by this book. It's not scary, but the story is beautifully haunting. This is one of the best fictional books I've read in years. I also decided to read the Practical Magic series for the first time this year since I love the movie so much. So far, I have finished three books in the series and have one to go. Practical Magic by Alice Hoffman is the book that the film is based on and is the first book written in the series. This book came out in the early 90s, and the book is very different from the film, and it goes into more detail regarding the sisterly relationship with Jillian and Sally Owens, and we see more about Sally's daughters and Sally's aunts. Next, I read the prequel to that book called The Rules of Magic, and this book was absolutely amazing. I cried the entire last 60 pages of this book. Alice Hoffman's writing style changed dramatically in the 20 years between Practical Magic and this prequel. I enjoyed it so much more, and I grew to love the characters even more. I'm still thinking about this book. The Rules of Magic tells the tale of the ants, Jet and Franny Owens, and their brother, Vincent Owens. We see their journey through childhood and adolescence as they discover who they are and the gifts they possess. This book is full of intrigue, mystery, heartbreak, and of course, magic and witchcraft. Next, I read Hoffman's third book in the series about the Owens family called Magic Lessons. This book shows us the origins of the curse that has followed the Owens family for centuries. There's tons of witches' spells and cures in this installment of the series. The last book in the series is the Book of Magic that was just released in early October 2021. This will be the final book in the Practical Magic series, and it takes place in time after Practical Magic, so we will see what happens to Sally and Jillian Owens 
her daughters, and the aunts. I'm excited to see how this series concludes and to see how the magical gifts of Sally's daughters unfold and blossom. And lastly, I recommend A Discovery of Witches. I first started watching this witchy show in the spring, and I binged the first two seasons in a month and watched each season three times. It's such an addictive show. I've read the first two books in the series since watching the show, but I'm holding off on the third book because I prefer to watch the last season of the show knowing nothing about the ending. I highly, highly recommend this series. It has witches, vampires, it has it all. I prefer the TV show, but the books are amazing as well. You will find links to all these witchy books in the show notes and on my blog post for this episode. I will now share with you the six-card custom spread that I created for Halloween this year. I have a Halloween spread in my ebook, A Spread for All Seasons, that's more of a magical Halloween spread, but for this podcast episode, I created a lighthearted and fun Halloween spread inspired by the Halloween tarot deck that I reviewed in this episode. So this will be a great spread to use if you have the Halloween tarot, because the prompts are geared towards the festive, playful energies of this deck. And this one is very kid-friendly, so I encourage your kids and teens to pull cards for themselves as well. Card Position 1 What lights up my jack-o'-lantern this time of year? Card 2 What am I pulling out of my magician's hat? Card 3 What treats are coming my way this October? Card 4 What tricks should I be wary of this month? Card 5 What skeleton needs to be tossed out of my closet? And the last card position, card 6. How to keep the creepy crawlies at bay this Halloween. If you want to throw this spread for yourself, you can find this spread on my blog, on my website, healingthroughtarot.com. And I've posted a graphic of this spread on my Healing Through Tarot accounts on Pinterest and Instagram. I would love to see the photo of your Halloween spreads. Please tag me on Instagram at Healing Through Tarot and please use the hashtag Healing Through Tarot Halloween 2021 spread. Links for all the decks and witchy books discussed in this episode are in the show notes and on my blog where you will find photos of all of my favorite decks discussed here today. And don't forget, on Instagram, I'm hosting the Healing Through Tarot October Tarot Challenge, and for each of the 31 days of October, I provide a prompt where you can pull a tarot or oracle card and post your response. If you want to participate in the challenge, it's not too late. Just follow me on Instagram and tag me in your card pulls at Healing Through Tarot, Use the hashtag HTT October Terror Challenge 2021. The graphic for all 31 days of October is posted on my Instagram account. In the next episode, I will review the Spread Machine deck and expansion decks by Kim at Fables Den, and I will walk you through how to use these decks to create custom, unique spreads geared toward your own personal healing journey. So join me next time. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you found this information valuable, 
Consider subscribing to the show so you never miss an episode. And please rate and review this podcast and tell fellow car readers about the show. You can find more tarot tips on my blog on HealingThroughTarot.com and on my Pinterest and Instagram page, both under Healing Through Tarot. That's through, spelled T-H-R-U. See you next time, card slingers.